gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Cortaheat, Cortaheat.com, and today we are back with another podcast episode. First and foremost, before we jump into Sunday mornings, today's morning podcast on pretty much everything i just want to say a few things first overall i do apologize not having a single episode air out last week the last time we had a podcast episode was october 14th and of course today which is the 24th marks that one not so not good not good stretch so I do apologize there. See, I see I've been ten days, right? Sorry, right, I just got I I just got off iTunes and whatnot. But yeah, it was crazy last week. Uh, school school played a big factor in that, especially my college course. Um, yeah, just life got in the way of it. I do apologize with that. But even though we did not have the podcast, um. I was able to write really, really good articles for you guys, which we're going to talk about on the podcast, but it was about the Suns and the racist allegations made on Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns since 2004, right? I'm still coming out of fantasy basketball. I'm still coming out with um, all these different membership uh, perks, all these different membership articles, right? And I'm even just coming out of regular breaking news. And real quick, before we jump into social media, I'm just going to clear the table off of the announcement side. And I just want to say a big announcement is going to be Mondays. You may be asking yourself, why am I doing a podcast episode today on a Sunday? It's not our Sunday special. Even though I've missed 10 days on the podcast, why wouldn't I just do a regular Monday to Friday, right? Well, I'm doing it today to not only recap the first week in NBA, since I failed to do that um, this past week. I'm going to make up for that. I'm going to talk about different head coaches that made their debut. I'm going to cover everything that happened. But why am I doing that? It's because Monday morning, 8 a.m., I've got a special treat for you guys as I got my first ever uh, podcasting guest starring on the Courts of Heat podcast. It's really cool. We're talking about hypothetical stuff featuring the NBA and NFL because I was on his podcast and whatnot. I'll have that down in the link below. I believe, um, yeah, that was three weeks ago I was on his podcast and whatnot. I'll leave it down, uh, down the links, but I'll leave the links down below. 8 a.m. Monday, but we talk about, we're talking about hypothetical matchups. Because he talks about hypothetical matchups from any other sport, like any sport, whether it be football, baseball, basketball, whatever it is. But 
basically what we're going to be talking about is is that we're going to be talking about the NFL NBA. And we're going to see what kind of basketball players, current ones that are really good, or even ones you're not even singing of, that could translate that could have a potential in the NFL. The reason why I picked this topic, the reason why we wanted to choose this one, is because, A, it's so unique to this a podcast um, channel. It's so unique that I've never done before, even though I'm a football fan and a basketball fan. But because putting in perspective of, look, just because you have X in basketball, who may not translate to Y in the uh, Y in NFL, Y in general of football, right? So we talk about all of that. We take teams, we take players, we even talk about the things I don't even recognize in the game of basketball anymore. I bring up Gary Payne, I bring up all these different defensive guys. I'm going to keep this guy's name, I get a mystery to keep you guys as a surprise and whatnot, because I think you guys are really going to like it. He focuses on hypothetical stuff. I focus on basketball. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just get crazy with it. Let's just combine it. Let's combine two sports. Because I think it's going to be fun. So Monday, 8 a.m., that's going to be the podcast airing of my special guest on the podcast. Tune to that. I know you guys are going to have a blast with it. We could be meeting up again. We never know. I'm also could be... Uh, getting more guests on this podcast, I will uh, make that more of a note. And another reason why I wanted to make this on a Sunday, if I didn't already address it, was because I want to tell you about the Monday podcast guest as I wanted to do that because so you guys don't get on the podcast when you're like, whoa, what's happening? I didn't know he had a special guest. There was nothing like that being announced. But yeah, now it's being addressed. So, that's pretty much where we're at. Again, I'll leave the link down the uh, show notes below. That is pretty much linking my conversation, my hour-long conversation with him on his podcast. And I highly recommend you go check him out because he's pretty cool. And, yeah, it's just always something different. Because I, I always love football. I love basketball. Combine those two things there. I like the Cardinals. I like Tom Brady's Buccaneers. I like the Phoenix Suns a lot. I like all those different things, right? But that's where we'll be at. And real quick, let's get to the social media side. Then I'm going to start covering the top things of this past week. And just looking at the uh, just looking at this past week, because Sunday, how we run the week and how everyone officially runs the week, it's not Sunday to Sunday. It's actually Sunday to Saturday. So, since we're coming out with the Sunday special, that's starting a new week. So, I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, let's jump right into it. Social media, you know where to find us. You can find us at courtsaheat.com for the mothership of all news, of all membership perks, of fantasy basketball, of cool swag merch, of being a guest on my show, just everything else. Right, it's all here, the quick news, the long form, the short form, the medium form, the mind-poking articles to the simplistic articles, to anything that you're looking for, right here on CourtsyHeat.com. Check it out, and then for social media, check us out on Twitter.com slash Facebook.com slash Heat, 
Instagram.com slash courtsideheat, and Tumblr.com slash courtsideheat. And real quick, courtsideheat may be coming on to Snapchat. I've always heard about Snapchat. I've never had a personal account on Snapchat. It's like TikTok. I have not been on TikTok. I'm still trying to figure everything out right. You would think since I'm in their demographics, especially in TikTok, especially in Snapchat, I would be on there. But Quartz and Heat could be getting on the Snapchat. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm not trying to be the walking idiot that can't figure out Snapchat. I'll probably set up the, uh, the professional account and whatnot and see where I can take it from there. But yeah, that's also another announcement correlating with social media, of course. But that is where we'll be at. So I'll look at how Snapchat functions, how it works. I've heard that you do a lot of swiping. Um, is it like where you're watching, like, I guess, yeah, I guess Instagram Reels? Like, my sister tells me all about that stuff. I've I've watched a few before. Like I I've, I've watched them, especially I have since I I know the concept of reels and I put some of my own out in there. But I'm also like, oh, we're just swiping. So it doesn't work like Rumble, like where you swipe left and right and you can like thumbs it down or gives it a thumbs up. I have no idea. Like I just have no idea. I'm just gonna keep with the main stuff. I'll probably be on Snapchat. I'll probably set that up here. Uh, today or tomorrow, whenever I get a free chance. But yeah, that's where we're going to be at. So if any of you guys use Snapchat, go ahead, um, follow us. Like I don't know what the ter a proper terminology is. But yeah, if, once we're on Snapchat, I guess you can follow us back. But yeah, and that's where we'll be at. So, as I've previously mentioned in this podcast episode, not too long ago, um, today's Sunday, beautiful day, um, 8 a.m. when this thing's airing out, it's 66 right now, if anybody, uh, cared, yeah, it's gonna be a high of 86 today, I live in Arizona, so for us Arizonians, this is what we live for, but yeah, so we're back here on the podcast, we're gonna run Sunday to Friday, I'm getting to a more consistent schedule, Last week was just very hectic. Like, it was just very, very crazy. My Friday was crushed with podcast meetings, with school, with teacher meetings, all these different things that's going on. So, I'm finally happy to be back. But there's a lot of topics I want to unload on. But we're back here on a Sunday because I want to address these things. Real quick, before we get into the saga with the uh, 76ers, with the Phoenix Suns, I want to talk about the top 75 NBA players list. This is controversial. So, I don't agree with this list. Because as I listen to guys, I listen to all these different sporting podcasts, right, radio shows. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list a few names. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask if you guys... Would agree with this. Giannis, Carmel Anthony, Damian Lillard. Right? Hold on. Just gonna start with those three. Um, how are they in the top 75? Hold on. 
Stephen, uh, Stephen Curry, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. You see a common theme here that I'm listening. James Harden, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. I've already said uh, Damian Lord. If I've not, well, here you go. Um, Chris Paul. I'm reading through the list right now. So as I'm going through this list right now, a lot of the guys on this list are still playing in the NBA. Russell Westbrook. That's why I want to get to. I am not going to argue a Stephen Curry. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's, he deserves being a top 75. However, um, the one problem I have here is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is a fine, accomplished player. He is a player that, okay, you put him on that list. His accomplishments mean something, right? People care about him. And even though he's a ball hog, are all the majority of the stars in the NBA ball hogs? Because you got the Kevin Durant's of the world. You got the Kamala Anthony's of the world. You got the Stephen Curry's of the world. You have the everyone's of the world, right? You have different players of the world. So, what am I trying to get here? What does it mean to be on the top 75? Greatest of all time players. It's the 75th anniversary of the NBA. What it exactly means right there is top 75. You are the best of the best, the greatest of the greatest, and you deserve to be in the top 75 ever. The heck, Carmel Anthony. The heck, uh, Russell Westbrook doing on that list. Look, those are mighty fine, accomplished players, right? Their achievements and their awards and their uh, accomplishments, accomplishments in total speak for themselves. But Russell Westbrook is not top 75. How can you say he's in the same conversation as Damian Lillard? How can you say he's in the same conversation as Julius Irvin, Allen Iverson, Oscar Robertson, and who is really funny, I believe Oscar Robertson was the first guy in NBA history to have like this insane record in the Triple Devils, which is broken by Russell Westbrook. He's not, Russell Westbrook's not better than Oscar Robinson. He's not better than KJ, Ray Allen, all these Charles Barkley, Elgin Baylor, Larry Bird, Kobe, Michael LeBron, Bob Cousy, Will Chamberlain. He's not better than those guys. I, I'm sorry, but we tend to have a recency bias. Why? Because our brain, the way humans work, it's like if something's longer than five seconds, we can't do it. If it's more than 280 characters max on a tweet, it's over. We can't. That is just scary. But to say we can only go back a few decades, we can only remember 20 years. Right, we got Kobe Bryant, we got Michael Jordan, LeBron James, right? They played in the past 20 years, right? However, when we say in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, but focus on the 60s, 70s, and 80s, we look at Bill Russell, 
we look at Will Chamberlain. We look at all these different guys. But we're only picking out the best guys. We're only picking out the guys that have the most fame. We don't pick anyone else. There could be hundreds of players from the eras of the 60s to 90s that we're forgetting about. That's better than Russell Westbrook and Carmel Anthony. And I'm just going to use those two real quick. Why? Why are we bringing them up? Larry Bird is statistically and accomplishment-wise better than you can say Damian Lillard. Then you can say Carmel Anthony. Um, a guy averaging 23 points per game, being a 10-time All-Star and a 6-time All-NBA in 2012-13 scoring champion, will only go so far. Now you're being saying like, well, you're kind of being a jerk. Those are great accomplishments. Well, hold up, hold up, hold up. Larry Bird had 24 points per game, but he was a 12-time All-Star, 10-time All-NBA, 3-time All-Defensive Team, 3-time MVP, 2-time Finals MVP, uh, Rookie of the Year, 1982 All-Star MVP, and a 3-time NBA Champion. Um, Carmine Anthony does not have any ranks to show, no MVPs, no nothing like that. So how can you make the argument that Russell Westbrook is into the top 75 without a championship, without a pedigree of anything, besides being a ball hog that got him triple doubles? Tell me where I am wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong. And I'm not wrong. You can be a biased old Lakers fan or a little fan of Russell Westbrook all you want, but here's the simplistic fact. He is not top 75, but why is he included? Why is this active NBA player included? Because of recency bias and that because our brain cannot stem back more than 20 years. That is truth. The 90s. That's why we put Isaiah Thomas on there, 80s and 90s. Isaiah Thomas, we know him with the Bad Boys, with the Detroit Pistons. But we put Rodman on there, put Pippen on there, Jordan on there. So we put um, all these different guys on there, Larry Bird, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, like all these different guys. You, you select out all the good guys, but why do we put guys like Giannis on there? If he stopped playing at the age of 26 right now, he has a mighty fine accomplishment list. He has accomplishment that is Hall of Fame bound by the by the age of 26. He's a five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defensive Team, two-time MVP, 2019-2020 Defense Player of the Year, 2016-17 Most Improved Player, 2021 Finals MVP, and of course NBA Champion of last year's NBA season, right? Come on. That's the recency bias. You have at least 11 active players. 10 active players excluding LeBron James because he's without doubt a Hall of Famer and one of the greatest of all times. He deserves to be on that list. But you have 10 to 11 other guys on there. They're active players that should not be on there. Stephen Curry. Fine. I'll give to him. 
but not right now. He's in my top 100. He's in my top 90. He's in my top 80. He's in my top 75, but not Russell Westbrook. Not Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony, the reason why he's relevant because he was with the New York Knicks and they traded away everyone just to get him. And he was star power back then. But he was a ball hog back then too because there was no one else. So it's not hard to say, well, uh, I can score these points when no one else is there to help me. So when looking at that, you yeah, look at that guy, he was just a ball hog. There's no reason why he couldn't score. I just, I just find it crazy. That I, I actually want to look at the legitimacy. Because when looking at the panels, look at the panel panel of guys, players, ex experts, reporters that are doing this. They're picking players. These guys are from the 80s, 90s, and now. From the past, present, and potential future of the league in sports journalism, basketball journalism. And we're playing Russell Westbrook, who hasn't done a darn thing for... His for any franchise, the crybaby couldn't even do anything with the Lakers so far. They're owing two. He's an arrogant showboater who just doesn't command his team but wants to get all the stats. He is a stat stuffer, and when he does not give his own way, he becomes a drama queen. A self-centered drama queen. But yes, let's put him on the top 75 list. Is now Clay Thompson saw he got snubbed from being on there. Look, with as much as he is credited for, for winning the championships, for being half of the second generation of Splash Brothers, because fun fact, they were not the first, another duo back in... Uh, generations before, eras before, were the Splash Brothers. But the reincarnated Splash Brothers of Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson were relevant, were winning championships, were, win were doing all this different stuff. Should Clay Thompson be on there? 50 50 shot? No. Clay Thompson is not better than Stephen Curry. Clay Thompson has not been in the league in two years. Clay Thompson has been up and down. But, he is a solid player. He's in my top 100, but not 75. But when they get to when they get to 90 years, to 100 years of the league, and I'll be well into my 40s by the time that happens, I will then consider him the greatest of all time on that list. But until then, I find it something shameful and makes a mockery and just something humorous. Because you're adding worthless players. You're not going to tell me Russell Westbrook is better than Chamberlain. You're not going to tell me that he's better than Kobe. He's not better than Jordan. He's not better than LeBron. He's not better than Kirk. He's not better than Bird. He's not better than Shaq. He's not better than uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. He's not better than KJ. He's not better than any of those guys. That's called recency biased. And that poor journalism. That's poor outlook on the team. Charles Barkley made it. 
That's guaranteed. Elgin Baylor made it. That's guaranteed. Kobe, without a doubt. Chamberlain, without a doubt. Burr, without a doubt. Kazi, without, without a doubt. Collins, without a doubt. Curry, without a doubt. Davis, he's a joke. Right? Just because you average 24 points per game in your career does not make you top 75. That's one. Clyde, Clyde Drexler, he made it. Tim Duncan, he made it. Kevin Durant, that's iffy. But I'll throw him in there, right? I'll just throw him in there. Julius Irvin, he made it. Patrick Ewan, he made it. Kevin Garnett, without doubt. Right? James Harden, he's a joke. He shouldn't be on there. Allen Iverson, yes. LeBron, yes. Magic, yes. Michael, yes. Kid, yes. Kawhi Leonard, maybe. Damian Lillard, maybe. Carmelo, yes. Moses Malone, yes. P. Maravich, yes. Miller, yes. Nash, yes. O'Neal, yes. Shaq, yes. Dark, yes. Hakeem, yes. Robert Parrish, yes. Chris Paul, most likely, yes. Paul Pierce, maybe. Scotty Pippen, yes. Oscar Robinson, yes. Ro uh, David Robinson, yes. Dennis Rodman, yes. Bill Ro uh, Bill Russell, yes. John Stockton, okay, I'll give him a yes. Isaiah Thompson, part of the Bad Boys, yes. You get where I'm going with this. Dwayne Wade's iffy. He just is. He's a maybe. We have guys in the past 20 years that maybe some of them don't deserve it. There are maybe. Just think about it. That's like saying James Ellsworth should be in the top 100 WWE all the time because he was a part of something against guys like Dean Ambrose, against guys like AJ Styles. I'm just saying. You guys get what I'm referring to. You guys get what I'm getting at. You would get what kind of mockery it is. This whole list. It's solid until you get to these worthless players. They have good to great careers, but not in the sense of top 75. And that's where mockery can be made. That's where jokes can be made. That's where skeptic skeptical analysis could be applied. Because, like, you put him over him? Mutombo, the, the, uh, Mutombo, the guy that had the finger wag. He didn't make it. But you put Russell Westbrook on there. That's a joke. That's not funny. That's not a good anything. That's not a good observation. That's not a good report. That's good, not good anything. You didn't put Didiki Mutombo on there. Why? I don't know. But you put Westbrook on there. Wade on there. Howard on there. That's a joke to me. That is just a legit joke to me. Now I don't mean to get this all heated, but you guys have to understand where I'm coming from. It's just insane. It is just insane. Clay Thompson, he does not deserve to be on the list. Unless it's top 100, top 110, top 120. But looking at that list, and I saw one they covered a few days ago. That just makes me sick. It just does. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you guys don't agree with me. I know I'm right. You, we can all be objective about it. We can all be hypothetical about this. We can all be, well, you're wrong. I have a different take. And I, I, 
I would like for somebody to step up to the plate and say, hey, I'm going to take to a 602-791-210 to court to heat text line and say, look, you're wrong. Or, hey, you're right, but I wouldn't agree with this guy. We're saying, hey, as hard to believe it is, Russell Westbrook is a part of it. But you can't tell me Westbrook belongs on there, but not Mutombo. Come on. It's just not right. It's just not right. Can't tell me Westbrook belongs on there like Jerry West. That's wrong, right? It just is. Whether it hurts your feelings or not, or that offends people or fans of the game, I don't care. What's right is what's right. What's wrong is wrong. What's foolish is foolish, right? It just is. Without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, it just is. And I don't know why I just emphasized is right there. Um, I just shot into my microphone. Apologize if you guys are listening to this for your Bluetooth car, headphones, or you have this all the way turned up on your Android and or iPhone. But shifting gears, another thing that made me fiery hot. That wanted to make me on Tuesday just rip my hair out and just start screaming and want to go on a podcast. However, Conan, I think I saved you guys' eardrums. It's a saga between Ben Simmons and, and the 76ers. Woj is saying this ain't going to end until a year passes. Daryl Moore says this ain't going to end until four years. I have a different take. This may never end until he leaves. Oh, like nobody buys what Simmons is saying. He has came back. For what? For what? This man's a joke. His humiliation, his attitude, his character, his position is a joke. He is a humiliation to the team. He's an embarrassment. Case in point. He responds back to the team. He comes to practice. And he asked he asked to part but Doc Rivers asked for him to participate in defensive drill. He said no. Follow. Will you please do it? No. And Doc Rivers said, just go home. Bet BS if you just go home, leave. Ben Simmons dropped the ball and left. Without showing remorse. That's cowardness. That's bad. That's weakness. And that's embarrassment. He showed up why. So he's not fine. Remember Marshawn Lynch? He said it was one of the funniest things ever. I just show up to these things because I don't want to get fined. That's what Ben Simmons is doing. Money talks. Money talks. It just does. I don't care how rich you are, how poor you are, what class you are associated with, athlete, worker, whatever you are. Money talks. And it can persuade your actions or persuade your upcoming actions or your mindset or your mood towards things. 
It just does. And with Ben Simmons, he realized, well, they're going to keep finding me for every game I miss. For every media day I miss. So, let me just show up to practice. Let me start to make ends meet. Let's just start to try to get these things over with. I don't want to get fined, so I'll show up. This is a head case. He is a legit headache. I saw Kevin Porter Jr. was bad. No, this guy's a freak show. His attitude's off. His play is correctable. His attitude and his position towards everything is not. And for that, that is a failure and that is such a shameful way to go out. Joel Beat said he was done. That he's not going to babysit him. He's not going to babysit this situation. That he's going to do what the team asks. He's going to look for the future. He said he can. He said he could care less what Ben Simmons does. He's fed up. First, you ridicule him. First, you ridicule the team. First, you ridicule the fans. When will it end? He won't take personal responsibility for any of his actions. He won't be accountable. This is the sorry Ben Simmons that robbed. He is a con man that robbed a team blind of their money, of their assets. Of their fortune and everything else. That is the truth. Ben Simmons is tired of him. Daryl Morey is tired of him. Doc Rivers is tired of him. All these guys are tired of him. Why? Because now there's causing more drama. Opening night. Opening game day. Opening night game day for, this, for the 76ers. It was overcast by the Ben Simmons drama. The 76ers like, Dr. Rivers Blue said it, we wish we could have win there, but I have no worry about this drama. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. He's wishing to not have to respond to that drama. He wished they could just put that behind him. He wished that that would never have been a factor, but it was. And it kind of ruined the moment. It kind of ruined the opening night. My goodness. My, 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 my. What, what a shame. This saga is never gonna end. Until he's traded. Until he's able to get traded. Nothing more. Nothing left. Sink last year? I don't know. He said he informed the team. He told Ben Simmons spoke to Doc Rivers, drawn be an entire Seven Sisters organization, that he is not mentally ready to play yet and he needs time. He had a back injury. Okay, he wasn't going to be able to play Wednesday to do suspension. He was able to go play Friday, right? But Joel Bede asked Ben Simmons. Why he wants a trade. Simmons responded. That he isn't feeling mentally himself. And needs time to get right. Guys are still backing him. Guys just want him to get back in. They don't want this drama. They want to win. This guy just wants to make it all about himself. Isn't that funny. Tobias Harris on the Ben Simmons saga. I quote. 
will respect his privacy and space during his time. When he's ready, we will we will embrace our brother of love and handle our business on the court. End quote. Classy dude. Daryl Morey has talked to teams, many teams, about star players everywhere and trying to find traits for Ben Simmons. They're just trying to get him out of there. They're just trying to get him away. And what's worse, the team Philly's livid with him. The city, the team is livid with him. The 76ers believe Ben Simmons is faking the injury and his mental illness just so he can get out of this. Plus, they're going to fine him for every single game he missed. Darren Moore says the Ben Simmons saga could take four years. That people should just simply buckle in that this is going to be a long time. This, Darren Moore also said that the Sixers are willing to trade Ben Simmons if they get a difference maker in return. Smart, right? It just is crazy. And Ben Simmons is not expected to play for any under uh, for any amount of time. Like we have no idea when he's supposed to be playing. I have not. I have just no idea. We we just don't know what's happening. This is just insane. This is just this is just idiocy. This is this is insane. It's idiotic. This is not smart. It just isn't. But yet, we want to cling on to that. We want to cling on to a player that's good defensively and good offensively when it comes to passing. Come on. It's no longer worth the headache. He wants out. He said he would even go play for... The Sacramento Kings. Just tell me where we've gone wrong. Drafting him was supposed to be something spectacular. Now it's turned into a living nightmare. Into a living dream of just fears and scares and everything else. You want to talk about having scary dreams on Halloween. Just talk. If you're a 76ers fan, just talk about Ben Simmons. Just talk about how much of a headache he truly is. We're not fabricating this. This is just craziness. This is just boldness and stupidity. I am not trying to break this man down. But please, get a grasp. I know Rich Paul's telling you to do this. I know you two are talking. I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded to a decent and good team. To a playoff contention team. If you're going to a playoff contention team, you need to put up players back. He's got talent. You need to fix that. His attitude is just atrocious. And that's all I have. We have Woj commenting on this. We have Maury commenting on this. Doc Rivers commenting on this. Harris and Bean. Everyone's tired. Even Andrew Bogut 
when he was making uh, his Australian comments, Australian team comments featuring Ben Sims, it even seems like he's tired of this. This is over. Experts, reporters, everyone's over this. And it is insane. It is just insane. But before we get to more bad news, I want to switch our gears real quick over to the Phoenix Suns as these final top news tidbits are going to be revolving around the Phoenix Suns. We'll get to Robert Sarver's racist, sexist, and being, or being a potential sexual harasser. Those are the claims that are being pressing upon Robert Sarver. We'll get to that in a bit. But first, let's congratulate the man right here, Chris Paul, for being the first ever NBA player to reach 20,000 points. <sighs> Sorry about that. 20,000 points and 10,000 assists in their entire career. Congratulations to the man, the myth, the legend. That's why he's on the top 75 list of GOATs, of, of the greatest, of the best, of the greatest players of all time. That's, that's why he's on the 75th anniversary. Really cool. I'm happy they did it. That happened in the second quarter against the uh, against the Los Angeles Lakers on a free throw. So it's pretty cool. I detailed that at courtsyheat.com. I talked about it. Go check it out. It's in the breaking news section. So yeah, don't miss that. So, I guess this is like intermediate bad news or just eh news. So, I talked about on Courtney during the week. And I, I said, where do we go with with Phoenix now and with DeAndre Ames? Mikhail Bridges and Lance Shaman got contract extensions. But not De DeAndre Ames. Why? Because they're hesitant. We've listed out all of the reasons. He's not being productive of have that max contract. He's put up average to good numbers, especially by the standards of what a max contract comes by. Luka Doncic and Trey Young are deserving of that max contract. Same with Shea Gojags and at certain points, but not Michael Porter Jr. and not DeAndre Ayn. I love DeAndre Ayn. I love his playing style. I don't know why I just can't play defense on Anthony Davis, but we'll correct that as the season goes by. All I know is that DeAndre was not given the contract extension by the Phoenix Suns. He'll now be a restricted free agent, but he was highly disappointed. He wanted something to get done, but he wanted five years. The team was trying to do three to four years. He didn't want to go down years, and it makes sense because he was going to get more money. He was going to get around five years, $200 million. Turn plus million dollars. Right, so he was trying to do it for more money. And I'm all for players trying to capitalize on their value, but I don't think it's worth right now. So this is a proven year for the Suns to back up DeAndre, and this is a proven year for DeAndre to show the Phoenix Suns that he is worth that max contract. And I believe he is. He just needs to put up better statistical numbers. He needs to have better on-the-court um, improvement. Whether that's refining his post-game, his rebounding skills, his interior game, whatever it is. He has to work on it. And he has to get consistently better. 
And that's where we're going to be at. I've detailed again all our courts I heat. I'm not going to go too much into it as I was last week's. Um, that was last week's, like, uh, what do you call it? Breaking news, right? It came out like Monday, Tuesday. Because the de deadline was about Monday or Tuesday. I believe it was Tuesday. Yeah, something around there. No, Monday, because the first game was Tuesday. Yes, yeah, so Monday. But yeah, now we get to the more depressing stuff. The more something that can damage a man's reputation. What would be going for a man's mind? What would be going for a man's mind? Why would I say that? Why would I say that? Robert Sarver's been the owner of the Phoenix Suns since 2004. He also owns the Phoenix Mercury. He owns Buku's amount of money. Like, there's stories of him buying homes in Paradise Valley. Just buying, like, all these preserves and whatnot for, like, weekends, just for vacation. All these different things for a living. Because there's so much money from all the banking, from all the money he makes, from the companies he has, right? Whatever he does. Well, Jordan Schultz. Uh, I hope I'm saying your name right, and I hope I'm not uh, disrespecting your last name, but George Schwartz tweeted this out, and I'm trying to find it, and I thought this was the most shocking thing ever. He po he did this two days ago. Quote, breaking, the NBA is preparing for a massive story accusing Suns owner Robert Sarver of racism, sexism, and sexual harassment in a series of incidents, sources say, with enough evidence to support such claims, there's a real chance the league would forcibly, forcibly remove Sarver. End quote. End tweet. And now James Jones is sending out statements. Robert Sarver sent out statements. The Phoenix Suns are sending out statements. They're calling out a bunch of lies. Look. I'm going to get into it right now. John Groom, former uh, former NFL coach, who coached the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right, in his career, was canceled, was fired because of emails surfaced up from about 10, 11 years ago, in the past decade, right, using homophobic slurs, racial, the drug, uh, he's using ra uh, racial derogatory slurs and terms. A really, really bad, poor, uh, poor choices of words. That should not be tolerated and should be the exact opposite, which should be rebuked and should be punishable because that has no place in society. So these claims are very steep. That are piling up on Robert Sarver. And, and the people filing these claims are from the team, like team workers, team employees. But he is being accused of being a racist, a sexist, and a sexual harasser. That's tough. Those are wrong labels to be associated with. 
If you want to lose your honor and respect from a human being, that are, those are the labels. Those are not labels that will gain you popularity, gain you respect, gain you honor, gain you whatever. Look. Using racial saying, using racial words are not cool. It's just not. It's not appropriate and it's very derogatory and it's very wrong. Same with sexist terms, sexist words, whatever. And then, um, then the fur allegation he had, which was being a sexual harasser, that, that's very wrong. It's very wrong. All three of those cases, all three of those claims are very, very wrong. And if any of those three claims are true, or if all three of them are true, then... This is a very, very wrong human being. And I could see him forcefully removed from the league. Because, as per George Schultz, this happened on multiple instances, on multiple in uh, instances, on multiple occasions, on multiple things, right? That should be alarming for people. We have an owner. That is a racist. That is a sexist. And a potential sexual harasser. But. These are baseless claims. These are baseless truths. These are not factual. Evidence rooted. Truths. What do I mean by that? I mean this. We should not let these things slide. Because. Using such hateful and such tasteless words and just being ignorant and being just being a racist. That's wrong. Being a sexist. That's wrong. I'll never defend a racist. I'll never, never, ever, ever defend a sexist or anyone that's uh, a sexual harasser. Or has been accused of sexual harassment, right? But here's the thing. What we have right now is baseless, baseless, baseless claims. We must think about this logically and rationally. The old saying goes, he is innocent until proven guilty. What do I mean by that? Only George Schwartz reported that groundbreaking news. Then many other things trickled in. We know who's filing these claims, which are most likely team team um team employees right they don't specify if it was from the phoenix mercury or by the phoenix suns or anybody in their companies no one's saying that no one no one knows well what 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 they're talking about like what parties they're associated with what their employer status employee status is and where they work at however let's think about a few things Let's back this up. Even though we have no idea, and even though we said this is on multiple reports, it's on multiple instances, we have to remember this. What are the evidence? What can we start to think about this? Because we can start judging as quick as we can say words. We can be illogical and irrational. As quick as we can do anything, 
as quick as we could brush our teeth, put on deodorant, whatever, right? But here's the thing we have to think about. What is going on? We must think about this in players' connection. What do I mean by that? As I outlined in my article detailing uh, the racist allegations on Robert Sarver with all the other allegations. What truths? What can we think about? What I mean by player connections is this. How would Chris Paul and or Devin Booker feel or act or even respond to such bold claims? If these claims were true and you had a, a harasser, a sexist, and a racist as your boss, as your employer, as who's handing you his filthy money, from his, from his pants, I don't know. They would not take that lightly. They, I don't want to speak for them because I do not know their words. I am just doing hype fails and what if. So these are just mere examples of what I think can be interpreted from this in their position. This is no means by what they think, what they feel. I have no idea what they think or feel or how they want to respond to all of this. But, we must think about this, how would Chris Paul and Devin Booker, Booker respond? A, would they try to leave the team? Or B, would they try to get him out of there? Because, how would they feel? Because, Chris Paul is a black man. And I also believe someone said before, Devin Booker was Hispanic. I apologize if I got ethnicity wrong. There is no there is no uh, hurtful attempt behind that. I have truly forgot. But but Chris Paul, who's working with a guy that's a racist, the who says what filthy and unpure words from his own lips that came out of his mouth. What were you going to be running through his mind? Has he ever treated coworkers like that? Has he called anyone? A really, 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 really bad racial word? I don't know. Who knows? But if that was the case, I don't think Chris Paul would have signed that extension. I don't think Devin Booker would have stuck around from the time he was drafted to now. If he ever found out by the slightest, maybe through James Jones or through Robert Sarver himself, that he was a harasser, a sexist, and a racist, or any one of those three things, right? Who knows? But I want I want to believe that. I also wouldn't believe guys would be willing to sign with that team, especially the guys like JaVel McGee, Alfred Payne, like all these different guys, Charles Hutchinson, like all these different guys that come into the Phoenix Suns. You would not have players re-signing if they knew by the slightest. You had a racist head coach. You, I'm sorry, not head coach. Owner. You had a sexist, a harasser as an owner. Also, beyond the players, how would my only orders like Larry Fitzgerald feel, feel? Because I also believe Larry Fitzgerald's close friends or has or is friends of Robert Sarver. 
How would he feel about this? So I don't know if Larry Fitzgerald's anything yet, but how would Fitzgerald react? How would he react? That again, would he have been called something, or would he would he feel angry or just sick into his stomach that you have an owner, your friend, a racist who you've probably known in the valley for a while now? I don't know how long they've been friends. That is not disclosed to me. That's like that's not that's not pertaining to me. I, I don't know. I don't need to know their exact date. All I know is that they're friends. On some for on some sort of level, shape, form, or fashion, they just are friends. They could be co-worker, but whatever it is. Here's the thing. Here's the most outline thing. Players would not be down for that. Dorfit Joe, using him as an example as my only owner, would not be down for that. Our owners would not be down for that. The league would not be down for that. And as we must point out, James Jones would not be down for that. Who was reported, who could have been on telling Robert Sarver, who working very close with him on these contract negotiations, extensions, and rejections. Right? James Jones has been with that franchise for a while. If he thought Robert Sarver was a racist, a sexist, or harasser, um, he would not be with them, and he would just leave, because I don't think a man would actually work closely with a racist, right? I, I don't think that would happen. I just don't think that would happen. So, those are possible scenarios. Those are possible allies, outlooks, and we must be paying attention to, just to, just to try to wrap our minds around. And I am not saying that Jordan Schwartz is a liar about what he said. But right now, these are baseless claims, and he is, uh, is innocent to proven guilty. Because who knows if he's a racist? Who knows if he's a sexist? If he's a harasser? There is only two beings that would know of any of those claims until we hear more. Are you ready? It would be him. Robert Sarver, it got himself. But besides that, and until the public gets a little more information, and real, solid, credible evidence comes out and states he is any one of those, we're all free of those things, we have no idea. But that shocked me to hear that my, my team, my own team's owner, could be a racist, a harasser, or a sexist. And that's not cool. If those things are true, if any of those things are true, I would I would believe it to be that he would be stepping down immediately. He would be forcibly removed as owner per uh, the request and per the demand of the NBA. So you shall you should never stand for that. You should never, ever, 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 ever stamp that. It's wrong. It's unpure. It's immoral. And it's demeaning to a community you are offending or to a person you know closely and or not. And here's the thing. Even if you don't know that community, even though you don't know that person, it's still offensive. Because if you can't sit out in public without drawing eyes or having guys raise eyebrows or you're about to get in a fight, you should not say it at all. 
Point blank period. That is just that. But that is something that's going to be talked about next week. That is going to be potentially addressed a lot. But who knows what this ESPN, George Fultz is right, is going to be detailing. What accounts will be taken. Or anything like that. This is going to be very, very crazy. This is going to be very, very interesting. Because who knows what's going to be happening. Just who knows. But no one really does know. Again, we could speculate about it. We could call him a racist. Or we could deny that. The Phoenix Suns have denied it. They call that a bunch of lies. But. We do not know. We do not know if he is a sexual harasser or if he's or if he's a racist or if he's sexist until we get solid, provable, credible, undisputable evidence. Yeah, that would shock me. That's for yeah, those are all the variables. That's where we're at. So the Suns have gone for a lot, from the contract negotiations with DeAndre and all these different players, up to their uh, queasy start one and two. They got blown out by the porn trailblazers, and now you're dealing with this. Oh, buddy. I just hope it's not true, because that is really, really bad. To be a racist, a sexist, or a harasser. Or if, any, if it's just one of those. They're still all bad. They're equally wrong. You cannot justify yourself. You cannot justify yourself being a sexist. Being a racist or being a harasser. I'm sorry. That is not defendable. That cannot be justified. I don't even care. What do you say? Hmm. <sighs> I don't care if you say it was a mistake. I don't care how sorry you are. It's wrong. And if all three of those things are true, boy, that's going to be something fierce to deal with that the NBA has on their hands. Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. We'll keep you guys posted. We've reached out to Larry Fitzgerald for a comment on this. To see where he stands with this and what his reactions are to this. We have not heard anything yet. We'll continue to reach out to people to try to report this in any way that we can. But yes, this is where we are at currently. We'll continue to break down this story. But yeah, it's just, it's just very crazy, very crazy. Finally, here's the last thing we're going to talk about before wrapping up. Everything before Sunday's games begin. Let's just talk about the head coaches. Why not? Why not talk about them? Let's take a look at the head coaches who are debuting in their first years with their new teams. I'm going to include Naaman Millen because he signed from an intern to be their permanent head coach. This is of this season. If one guy is going gonna, is gonna to be really, really, there's going to be two guys that are impressive 
and that are shocking. First, the Atlanta Hawks, Nick McMillan, he's 1-1 one one on the season. Boston Celtics, Amy Udoka, 0-2. Dallas Mavericks, Jason Kidd, 1-1. Indiana Pacers, Rick Carlisle, 1-2. New Orleans Pelicans, Willie Green, 0-3. Wes Unsled Jr., 2-0, who is far in the top 75. If you guys are not now. Uh, Orlando Magic, Jamal Mosley, 0-2. And then finally, Portland Trailblazers' own Chauncey Billups, 1-1. One one. There is one, two, three guys, three head coaches, that are with their, their new respected teams that are 1-1. One and, one. and there are one, two, three guys, three head coaches, that their teams are that have not won a game yet. They're on a huge losing streak. And there's only one team that's undefeated so far. And that would be the Washington Wizards. And that would be the Washington Wizards, my friend. They would be 2-0. and Wes Unsed, Unsed Jr. Look, the one that's surprising me is Emi Udoka. The Boston Celtics are trying to reel together, especially after contract, after just getting guys on a contract, signing guys. Man, I don't know why I'm so tired. I'm sorry about that. But you can tell that this is just painful. This is just painful. They lost to the Knicks by four in overtime. Where Jalen Brown went off for 46-9-6. Tam had 20. But you didn't you weren't able to stop Robinson on the rebounding end, Randall on the uh, scoring end, Barrett on the everything end, and Fournay was just doing his thing. Fournay was just doing his thing. And then you got blown out 115 to 83 by the Raptors. Which was led by Scotty Barnes, 25 points and 13 rebounds. Gary Trent Jr., 20 points. Talk about bad. And they're playing today against the Rockets, which should be an interesting matchup. Especially, they should win that, especially since the Rockets are in rebu rebuilding mode. And then now the second one, the most surprising one, the most impressive one, would be the Washington Wizards with Wes Unsett Jr., because the Wizards are pulling it off without Jonathan Isaac, without Martel Fools, and other players like that. The Orlando Magic are pulling it together in very impressive fashions. It really is. Because today, they take on the Knicks away. It's going to be back-to-back -back games, if you can believe it. It's going to be back-to-back -back games. Wait a minute. Well, you know, it would only help if I didn't go to the magic. I meant to put um, the Wizards. Okay, let's try this again. Sorry about that. We're talking about the Wizards here. We had the Wizards. They beat the Raptors 98-83. Okay, okay, pretty impressive for their 
debut, but then they won by one point, 135 to 134 against the Pacers. Yes, um, uh, was it? No, it would have been Friday. Yes, so Friday. Miles Turner 40 points, 10 rebounds. The Bulls had 28 points. Brogdon 28 points. Durati had 15. But Spencer Dinwiddie had 34. Kuzma had 26 and 11. Hill had 14 and 7. Neto had 18. Bertons had 17. That led him to a win by one. Washington outscored him by a point to get the victory. And on Monday, they're going to be taking on the Nets, which is going to be a fierce challenge. But as of today, Sunday, they are undefeated. And out of the eight head coaches that are debuting in their first ever season with their respected teams, as permanent head coach, I'm also going to throw Nate McMillan in there. They are undefeated. They, they are undefeated. The Wizards are undefeated in them. Can that keep up? Because you gotta remember, not all of the Wizards guys are even healthy. They're still trying to get back. So for that, that is really impressive. And Kuzma's been playing well. It's time he got out of Los Angeles, which he did, and now he's proven. He's playing well, which is huge upside. Same with Spencer Dinwiddie. You get out of Brooklyn, oh, here you're playing very well. That was huge. Also, one other thing I want to add. Willie Green, who's 0-3. This is expectable. This was expected. Why? Because Willie Green will not get a fair trial because of who the Pelicans are. We may not be retaining Zion Williamson. We may not ever know that because right now he's out with a foot injury that happened in the offseason. We're just trying to get him back. You have all these different guys. They're just trying to fight and fight and fight. But even though they can't do it, they're still trying their hardest. And I don't blame them. Because I'm going to tell you all three of the games that they lost. As they're going to be playing back-to-back -back games against the Timberwolves. Um, Saturday. Yesterday. The Timberwolves won by seven. Monday they're going to take on uh, the Timberwolves. Take on the Pelicans again. But the Bulls beat the Pelicans. Lonzo got his revenge on his former team. And the 76ers beat the Pelicans in the home opener. It's just going to be tough for them. It's going to be real tough. No matter how uh, no matter how good Jonas V and Brandon Ingram plays, or uh, the Killian Alexander Walker, former 2019 first overall draft pick, a first round draft pick. No matter how well Devontae Graham plays, it does not matter. You can tag the boards if you want. They're just not able to win, and it's costing them. It is costing them big time. And that should be a shocking... I don't know if that should be a shocking point. But it is one for sure because now it's like, whoa, what is going on? What is going to happen now as we're just going to be looking out for Sunday's uh, game, which are today. Right? So we have a lot to look forward to. It's only going to be five games, but you have... Charlotte, Brooklyn, Boston, Houston, Orlando, next, uh, Warriors, Sacramento, and of course you have Grizzlies, Lakers. Grizzlies will be playing back-to-back -back games. They beat the Clippers last night. Uh, Suns lost in a blow by 29 points. Milwaukee won. They beat San Antonio. 
We already talked about the Pelicans game. Uh, Chicago, they beat Detroit Pistons. Long-time rivalry by 15. Uh, Mavericks won. Pacers won. They get the upset over Miami. And Cleveland pulled the upset over Atlanta. And just real quick, if you're going by ESPN's head-to-head stats, this was huge. Even though Devin Booker in, on October 23rd, uh, Booker's team lost, he still got 41 points. Evan Mobley got 50. Jaron Jackson Jr. got 38. Chris Milton got 34. These are fancy stats, by the way. But then you saw Anthony Edwards, 41. Luka Doncic, 52. CJ McCollum, 52. Sabonis, 45. Jonas V, uh, 57. Hero, 33. Then, of course, as we're trickling our way through, we see other guys like Paul George putting in incredible points like 71. Then we will see Tim Hardaway Jr. and John Moran have a combination of 41 and 45 points. Sadiq Bey, 39. Lamel uh, Ball, I'm sorry, Alonzo Ball, 44. Uh, Derek White posted great numbers, 49. Uh, Trey Young, 42, right? Porzingis put 45, which is very shocking. That's where we'll be at. The lowest scoring was for uh, Saturday's contest that was very interesting to me was Kyle Lowry. He was, was he? Yeah, wait a minute. He was out. Never mind. He was out. He was out. There was another guy. Don't worry. I'm going to find him. I'm going to find him. So, oh, was D'Angelo Russell had a point. So if you're doing ESPN, that's the top right now. Those are the top guys. There's probably still some more out there. I know Andre Drummond got some great points. I know if you pick him up, he's going to be good. He got 35 on 22nd, right? That was two days ago. So, it's, so if you got fancy... Those are your fancy updates. I don't know where that came from, but yeah, now you got your daily dose of fancy. You are welcome, my friend, as now we are concluding today's podcast episode. Remember, special guest is dropping on, uh, dropping in on Monday, 8 a.m. We'll come back with our regular podcast episode Tuesday morning. We'll have the highlights. We'll have everything. We'll have all the coverage. Because we're just different, more unique, and hey, we just kick ba- we just kick basketball in a different gear, in a different level that gets you guys hyped and just pumped up. And without further ado, I am your host, Josh Unix, and I am signing off till Monday with the special guest. And I'll see you guys back here Tuesday, and until then, I'll see you guys on Monday morning, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., don't miss it. And now it's going to be taken out by the beat, by the outro music. We want the Phoenix Suns to win. We want Booker to perform well. We want Chris Paul to perform well. And we want the best for former assistant coach Willie Green down in that pit you call New Orleans. Now, we are going. Let the outro music take us right here, right now. 
Fight! Fight!